the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network presents Vatican Insider with Joan Lewis. Each week, Joan brings you news from inside the Vatican and the church around the world, as well as interviews and answers to your questions. Now, here's the host of Vatican Insider, Joan Lewis. Welcome to a new edition of Vatican Insider on this first weekend of June, the beautiful month dedicated to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. After the news highlights, join me and my special guest in the interview segment, Father David Hulshoff, Director of Apostolic Formation at the Pontifical North American College in Rome. There are a number of apostolates that are mandatory for all seminarians during their formation years, such as working with the poor and homeless, with refugees, visiting patients in hospitals, being a guide in St. Peter's Basilica, and working in a parish. Father David explains the apostolates offered at NAC, and you will revel in his passion and joy for the priesthood, the apostolates, and especially for the current class of seminarians. And now to the top news stories of the week. Sunday, May 28th. In his homily at Mass in St. Peter's Basilica for the Solemnity of Pentecost, Pope Francis urged people to invoke daily the Spirit who gives harmony to the world and who directs the course of time and renews the face of the earth. Francis noted that many wars and conflicts that we witness today show the magnitude of evil that individuals are capable of committing. Hostilities fueled by the spirit of division, the devil meaning divider. Let us invoke the Holy Spirit daily upon our whole world. Come Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was again the focus of his reflections at the noon Regina Chaley prayer. Monday, May 29th, Pope Francis received in audience a group of Polish children with cancer, and he reminded them that Jesus and Mary are always by their side. Jesus is always beside us to give us hope, always, even in moments of illness, even in the most painful moments, even in the most difficult moments, the Lord is there. Jesus needs you for this witness, he told his young guests. Also Monday, the Pope received members of the Barnabite family, priests, consecrated women, and laity, as they prepare for two general chapters. He recalled an expression of their founder, St. Anthony Maria Zaccaria, who used to tell his followers, you must run like mad, run towards God and towards others. Focusing on this exhortation, Francis then reflected on three main points, a strong relationship with Christ, apostolic zeal, and creative courage. Also Monday, Pope Francis welcomed 1,500 African children accompanied by their parents and respective ambassadors on the occasion of the annual Africa Day. Never give up on your dreams, he said in encouragement. Be ambassadors of peace so that the world can rediscover the beauty of love, of living together, of fraternity and solidarity. And again Monday. Pope Francis awarded the annual Paul VI Prize to Italian President Sergio Mattarella. Established in 1979 by the Paul VI Institute, it is awarded to individuals or institutions who, quote, with their studies and their works, have contributed to the growth of the religious meaning in the world. Tuesday, May 30th, in a message for the launch of the Family Global Compact, Pope Francis gave his support to this initiative, 
that aims to bring the pastoral care of families into dialogue with centers of study and research on the family in Catholic universities around the world, and this especially in view of the new challenges that families face today. Wednesday, May 31st, Pope Francis's monthly prayer intention for June was revealed. It's for the abolition of torture in all of its forms throughout the world. In the general audience Wednesday, as he has done for weeks, the Holy Father focused on apostolic zeal, choosing a special witness to zeal each week. This week he spoke at length on Jesuit Father Matteo Ricci, a singular and amazing missionary who dedicated his life to evangelization in China. And this was the goal that his fellow Jesuit, Father Francis Xavier, wished to reach but never did, as we learned at the May 17th general audience. Francis said that Father Ricci's love for the Chinese people is a model. He brought Christianity to China. Francis praised Ricci's excellence in various areas, but stressed that his greatness above all lies in his being consistent with his vocation consistent with that desire to follow Jesus Christ. Ricci, in fact, arrived at the Portuguese settlement of Macau in 1582, where he began his missionary work in China. He became the first European to enter the forbidden city of Beijing in 1601, when invited by Emperor Wan Li of the Ming Dynasty, who sought his services in matters such as court astronomy and calendar sciences. Also Wednesday, Pope Francis spoke by phone with Brazilian President Lula da Silva to discuss their hopes for peace in Ukraine and efforts to combat poverty. The president invited the Pope to make a second visit to Brazil. Wednesday evening, there was the traditional candlelit procession in the Vatican Gardens with the faithful praying the rosary to mark the Feast of the Visitation. Thursday, June 1st. Pope Francis met with promoters of the African Compact on Education, and he praised the initiative for its goal to educate young people by drawing on Christian values and traditional African culture. We look to Africa, he said, with great confidence. I congratulate you because you were the first to realize a continental educational compact. Also Thursday, the Holy Father met with members of the Latin American Business Council, and he urged the entrepreneurs to look to the gospel to find hope and direction in their business endeavors. He said work must be founded on a culture of encounter, as this encourages people to seek the common good. Friday was a quiet day in the Vatican. Those are the week's news highlights, but stay right here for my conversation with Father David Hulshoff, Director of Apostolic Formation at the Pontifical North American College in Rome. And have a beautiful June weekend. One of the more popular items on the RC Show this month is the Sacred Heart of Jesus visor clip. Designed exclusively for EWTN, this pewter clip features a vintage 1940s image of the Sacred Heart, along with the promise that our Lord will bless every place where His heart is exposed and honored. It's a wonderful way to take the Sacred Heart with you always. To order, go to EWTNRC.com and search for item number P5105. 
This is Monsignor Arthur Calkins. I'm so grateful to have this opportunity to speak on a Catholic radio station, which is so necessary for all of us to strengthen our faith. This is a great task of evangelization, and we thank God that Catholic radio is available in order to do so. The world needs EWTN Catholic Radio, now more than ever. Welcome back to Vatican Insider. Here's Joan Lewis. Welcome back to part two of my conversation with Father David Holshoff, Director of Apostolic Formation and Formation Advisor at the Pontifical North American College in Rome. He was a seminarian here, 1977 to 1981, and worked in some of the same apostolates he now oversees at NAC. His passion and enthusiasm are evident from his first words as he talks about his work with the wonderful seminarians at NAC, the inspiring future priests of America. You know what I'd love you to tell me, because uh, to tell my listeners, because I was so impressed by it the night that this documentary on the North American College aired, and the seminarians who'd been featured in the documentary were at this premiere, and they were telling about their ministries. And tell me some of those stories. For example, you know, like the homeless, the, uh, how careful you have to be, how you interact with, with the homeless. Well, we do have, uh, uh, one of our ministries is called Street Ministry. Okay. okay. And these are people who, you, you, as you walk through the city of, of Rome, you'll find them on street corners, in, in doorways, uh, even around the Vatican, which is where that particular filming was done. Yes. Um, and these are men and women who usually don't have other family members to provide a location for them. Uh, Rome's winters are not particularly uh, harsh, so you know they'll be out in sleeping bags during the winter, and, and then during the summer, then they'll be in... in, in uh, and so our men, they'll go walking through the streets and literally come up to them, begin to have a conversation, maybe offer them some coffee. They'll, they'll carry a coffee mug, along, or a coffee jug, I should yeah. say, along with them, have some cups and offer them coffee, talk a little bit about, uh, maybe they'll ask them, do you need something to eat? How are you doing? Uh, and if they do, they have monies to buy a sandwich or a little pizza or something. And what's really important is our men sit there or stand there and then they drink coffee with them or tea or eat a sandwich with them or a piece of pizza with them. So it's not, it's not just coming not up just and offering serving. it and walking away. It's yeah. developing a relationship. We share with our men how important that is in any context, but particularly on street ministry. Uh, because we are them, they are us. <laughs> you know, um, if by the, by the simple grace of God, uh, our men didn't have to deal with some of the things they did, sure. or as we have that, old, that expression, they fell through the cracks. The insurance system or the care system didn't provide yeah. for them. And sometimes they might also be challenged in, in their medical pas- capacities or something, and we want to get them off the street, but they don't want to be off the street. So, sure. so you meet them where they are, and uh, it's, a, it's a powerful ministry. It's, it's, it's being vulnerable. Our men are vulnerable to the setting they find themselves in. Oh, sure. And that's really good for them. I think the Vatican, the reason you find so many around the Vatican, is we all know, I mean, when Pope Francis came in, he made the disenfranchised and the homeless and so forth just um, at the top of his list of apostolates, if you will. He set up, I remember, barbers for the homeless. And he set up medical centers. He, oh, the showers, I think, were the first thing. Right. Just an area, uh, an area off of the right-hand colonnade. 
uh, and just for the homeless. And there's nuns that, um, you know, have the towels and soap and make sure everything these people need is there. And I can remember one time myself, I was so impressed by that, that I made it a point that I would several times during the year, if I could, I, I would go to like some of these outdoor um, stands and I bought underwear. And, and dozens of things, mm-hmm. and then I brought them over to you know Cardinal Frieski at the at the papalometer because then these people could have some new things when they you know went to have a shower. So the the fact that the, all these stories were done by the media, video, etc., of the Holy Father's concern, of the Vatican's concern, and then he's extended that to refugees, you know, coming in from from different countries. So. The thing is, you will find a few more homeless around the Vatican simply because they know this is a place where there's people who care. The Swiss Guards go out. We've been sure. talking about the seminarians. The Swiss Guards and Cardinal Kraski go out at night. He knows 300 homeless people by name. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would I would add to that. One of the things I found out engaging the guys and out on the street it was that uh, one of the reasons why they're also in that area is because they feel more safe. They feel safer there than under a bridge or yeah. next to oh, a train sure. station yeah, or other places. And so not only is there care there, but they feel a safety there. And they, there's a little bit of a, a camaraderie, if you will, among yeah. some of them on the street. And it's just wonderful to have conversations with them and, and um, uh, engage that relationship with Jesus Christ. I mean, they are Christ to us, and we're trying to be Christ to them. Because that's how we are to look at everybody we meet uh, during the day, anybody we've known forever or meet for five minutes in a taxi ride or something. The young men had so many wonderful stories. They tell it on the film, and they, and they told it that night at the premiere. One thing which struck me, and I think you might have brought it up, where when the men leave in the morning, they go through the kitchen here at NAC, and they, you know what I'm about yes. to say, so tell me that. Yes. Uh, we have a room just on the side entrance to the college here called the St. Lawrence Pantry. Okay. And that room, uh, through monies that we have through the college and through donations, that room is full of canned uh, meats, tuna, crackers, uh, juices, cookies, things like that, where they can grab that, put that in their backpack, okay? And as they're walking to the universities, and whether it's to the Gregorian University or the Angelicum University or Santa Croce, these three uh, uh, universities that, that, that our men receive the, their uh, bachelor's in theology yeah. from the STB. Then as they encounter people on the streets, and you were mentioning about how in the Vatican area, the Swiss Guard and the Cardinal, they, they know people. Yeah. Our guys know, also know people along the well, streets. I bet they do. And they'll, call, they'll talk to them by name, and uh, they say, how are you doing today? Oh, I could really use some juice. Okay, I have to have some in my backpack here. And so, they're, so they're, they're on their way to school, and they're ministering to the poor on the streets, some totally new to them, others that maybe are more familiar to them. And uh, we restock that, that um, St. Lawrence Pantry uh, on a regular basis so that that is available to them throughout the school year. Wonderful. There have to be dozens of stories like that. But tell me what the men who participate in this particular ministry, because I know some of the apostolates are being guides, you know, at St. Peter's and other things. What do they tell you about how this work has affected them? What have they learned? Yeah, I think above all, it it's reminds them of uh, the ministry of Christ, who was concerned about the poor, the outcasts, the downtrodden. Uh, it's living the Beatitudes. It's, just, it's a basic Christianity. And um, our men will tell me their, their 
they know that this ministry is uh, reciprocal. <laughs> that as much as they feel good about what they could do or encounter, they feel even more so ministered to them by others. They are reminded of their humanness in these encounters. Oh, sure. And they are reminded that um, their relationship with the people of God truly is something that is to be cherished. And um, some of these conversations go in, in ways that they never thought uh, would have developed where maybe somebody becomes interested in the Catholic faith through this conversation. Or as one young woman was, uh, well, she was, I think, more toward middle age, but she asked them for one of the students, he was out ministering in, on the street, and she goes, do you have any theology books to read? <laughs> theology books? She says, yes. Wow. I, you know, and she's on the street, but she's very interested in her faith and theology. And so they got her some, and next time he met her, he had started to have a conversation about theology with her. Wow. You know, and... Um, uh, and others will be coming from other places, but it, it is truly a uh, uh, relationship sort of developed. That's 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 sure. what the men learn. Well, I, and I think an apostle like this is going to stay with you all of your life, your life as a priest, and then you can bring that same awareness, that same sensitivity to a parish, and all of a sudden maybe a parish gets very much involved in in helping a certain homeless or or setting up. I can remember when I wrote about the. Um, Vatican creating showers, you know, for the homeless and so forth. I got a whole bunch of emails from people in different parishes around America. Oh, Joan, our parish has been doing that for years. We have, um, it's like a portable shower that we, people know the day, the homeless know, you know, where, where they can go. So that was very enlightening for me and uh, left us with a smile on our face, of course, you know. Yes, we also have in the, in the St. Lawrence Pantry, we also have uh, small sleeping bags so that they can grab one of those as it gets toward the winter and they, they can they'll bring those with them uh, and give out a, a sleeping bag one of those compact kinds oh. of you know for the, for the because it's, it's they're, they're not very large and they can be uh, stuffed in again you know at the end sure. of the after the after uh, the evening or after the night uh, so they can those on the streets can keep those with them it's easy to transport things like that um, well Father David do you have I never thought to ask this but um, are there people who are kind of behind NAC and restock these things and offer the snacks? And Oh, yes. Um, I, as, as director and coordinator of apostolic formation, I work with our economato here, the, the office. Oh, okay. And the monies that come in, then I work with, and we place an order uh, with one of the supply companies here. Uh, with regards to the food or, or, or regarding sleeping bags and things. So I'm the one that's really responsible working with the um, finance officer to make sure that oh, our, stocks, our, our shelves are stocked and we can continue to do that ministry through the school year. In the summertime, these students are back at home working in parishes or out in Europe working in other locations, language study programs. So we don't do this in summertime, but during the school year, on a regular basis, men are walking the streets on the way to school and wow. uh, serving the poor and, and those that... And sometimes it's just a conversation. Sometimes it's not what you provide for them. It's just being present to them. Uh, because they'll say, I don't really need anything, but will you talk with me for a little bit? Exactly. I'm, I'm suffering. or I'm, I'm, Well, we all need that companionship. Right. You, a best friend, a family member, whoever it is. You just have to know somebody else cares. They have to know you care about them. You've got to have somebody to go to when you have a problem. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So... Um, um, well, you do a wonderful ministry formation. We could probably come back and talk about all the other, you know, apostolates that are 
that are offered to the young men, uh, I just rejoice in knowing the young men who are here now. The world's going to be a much better place when they go out as priests and are working in parishes or wherever they might end up. And a lot of that's going to be thanks to you. So Well, thank you. I, I had a powerful experience just a week and a half ago. I was with the Little Sisters of the Poor oh, here, and our men yes. were serving food to uh, basically they're like nursing home residents, okay, who's, who've lacked the funds for their own, being able to supply their own apartment or their own. So they're here in the one location in nursing homes. And our men were serving the first plate, second plate for lunch, you know, primo secundo, as we know in Italian. And I sat down with a couple of ladies and we're just talking with them and in Italian, and, and the one lady said to me, how many seminarians are at the North American College? And I said, oh, right now around 110, and she, her eyes just lit up. And I go, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised. She goes, 110? I said, yes. And she says, wow. And you could see that she was so hopeful that that many men were yeah. studying to be priests. It was a powerful moment for me. I was really graced at that oh, moment. Sure. And uh, knowing that our, I'm hoping our numbers will go up from there because of COVID, sort of, uh, our numbers went down, but hoping that our numbers will be back up around 150 or 160 sure. down the line. But I mean, for her, 110 was like, wow, that there are still men doing, desiring to serve God as priests. It was a wonderful, grace-filled moment for me. Oh, it had to be. You know, I, n- I never thought of it till this instant. Do other seminaries, uh, semin, uh, seminaries in America, have this type of formation program? All, semina- all seminaries have certain formation programs, a certain level. We are blessed because in the city of Rome and here living with the Holy Father and all these sure. opportunities that these men have, professors from around the world and all of these kinds of things, we also have ministries that uh, there would be difficult for a seminary in the United States to, to have that the many the, in the variance. We have eight Catholic campuses that we serve. Our men go there to engage the college, college students. They have their Rome semester programs, you know. So we yeah. have eight of those Catholic universities have semester programs abroad. Then we have five parishes. Among those five parishes, two are American military bases. Oh. One's, one's in Naples, the Navy base. One's up by Venice, Aviano, which is the Air, Air Force, Force base. Yeah. Then the other three parishes, one is Spanish, Santa Maria and Monserrato, another is Italian, Santa Gala, and the other is English, uh, St. Patrick's. Of course. So we have those parishes, yeah. those parishes in. Then we have five locations in which our, our students, as we've been talking about a lot, minister to the poor, they minister to the sick, uh, these are uh, soup kitchens and nursing homes, etc., and on the street. Okay, We have also one ministry that's to refugees, and these are coming from North Africa, a number of other places, some, a few from now recently, or Ukraine. Um, I went down, I was down there three weeks ago, and um, I served with the students because I want to engage the students, see how their ministries are going, for two hours and 15 minutes straight. It's down by the Piazza Venezia, heart of Rome, and these are refugees, and they're trying to help make their way, get documents that they need, etc. But in the meantime, the Jesuit community, Centro Stali, are responding to their sure. needs. And it was just amazing to see the numbers come in and knew they had a place to come for a meal while they're trying to get themselves, you know, with a No, doctor. that's a wonderful center. And in fact, St. Patrick's, my parish, we have a big fundraiser for a couple of Roman charities every December. and. That's one of our top priorities. And then we have the prison ministry. Uh, oh, so yeah. we have Regina Chaley Prison here in Rome. 
Uh, so when you start, don't you love the name Queen of Heaven? Yeah, Queen of Heaven. Yeah. Queen Virginia of Heaven prison. prison. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's, it's wonderful. And then and then we have, as you mentioned, the tours. Why do we do the tours? Why do we do St. Peter's, St. Paul's uh, tours, uh, or the Scavi, the excavations? And so we have those three tours because it is evangelization. Many of these people who go on these tours, a number of them, first of all, it's open to anyone, so they might not be Catholic. Uh, good chance that a number of them won't be. Others are very interested in the tour just for the historical perspectives, they might not be churched at all. And our men, as they engage them about the historical perspective, tie in that faith dynamic is why the building is standing in the first place. (laughs) I always smile to myself, thinking to myself, what is the largest monument in the city of Rome? is to an uneducated fisherman called St. Peter of Silica. (laughs) When you think about that, all these monuments in Rome, and yet here is the one that stands for the faith of those early apostles, Peter in particular, and then of course we have St. Paul's Basilica. Our men do tours of that, and they incorporate faith within the historical uh, context. And a lot of times after those tours, uh, the visitors will say, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? Or they'll talk about what do Catholics believe this, or or, or, or what is. So they're really they're tours of evangelization. Yeah, they're ministries. It's almost like a pilgrimage of journey of faith. So exactly. those, yeah. In answer to that larger question you pose, what's different? What's different? I think that the North American College, and we're blessed in this because I know there's good ministries happening in other seminaries, but we're blessed in the divergence in the in the, in the very various ministries and the opportunities we have for the men. Exactly. Well, Father, we have come to the end of our time. Not our discussion. You and I will have a lot more conversations in the future. And I know my listeners are going to go away from this show really feeling good, not just about NAC, but about the future priests of, of America. What wonderful young men will be coming into their parish someday. So, Father David Holsoff, thank you so much for your time. And um, anything you or the young men need, you know where to reach me. Well, thank so, you, Joe. And I would just ask your listeners to be praying for us. Sure. And the ministry over here, we'll, we pray on a regular basis for uh, those in the United States. These men will be ordained this summer, about 30 of them across the country. We also have a few students from Australia. Right. And um, let the, your listeners know that they're going to get some good men as they, yeah. you know, and uh, pray for them as they begin to be ordained. They're already beginning to start their ordinations now. They've got some this weekend and then the following weekends. Oh, wonderful. All throughout different places. And, oh. and um, uh, I thank you for this opportunity, Joan, of sharing the good news of the North American College. And uh, well, let's keep each other in prayer and, and go from there. Well, for decades I have prayed for vocations, for seminarians, and for priests. So I thank I, you. I, Here I, I am. I'm I, one of them. You, <laughs> thank God I succeeded. Right. Okay. Well, listen, God bless you. And have a beautiful week and buon lavoro, as we say in Italy. Grazie so. tutti. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. For more information on these stories or to check out Joan's blog and to ask her a question, go to EWTN.com. That's EWTN.com. Thanks for listening to Vatican Insider on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.